It is the state of the American League Central. Tuesday, May 17th, Jack McMullen. Clay Snowden was across from me last week, but now it's just baseball intern and author of Mock Draft 2.0, Ryan Miller, back in the saddle, ready to rock, man. You ready for this bull to give you a ride? Yeah, and shout out Clay for filling in for me. Yeah, that was awesome. NL Central guy makes his way to the AL Central, much like you, grew up as a Pirates fan, but now an associate scout for the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, we're going to run through each team. We're going to go top to bottom in the division. Overall, though, um, we, we talked about it a little bit. The NL Central going into the year was seen as, quote unquote, the worst division in baseball. I think we got the bad draw here. I think this is the worst division in baseball. I agree. These offenses, I mean, you can say what you want about some of the Cleveland hitters, but other than that, it's very, very light. Uh, obviously, Minnesota they have some good pieces. They've been hitting the ball pretty well. They have – so there's two teams with a positive run differential, <laughs> the Twins being one and then Cleveland being the other with plus five. So, you know, one game that could switch into the negatives. But, yeah, not too much offense. Not too much pitching either, to be honest. No, I mean, we're looking at three of the four worst scoring offenses in all of baseball here with Chicago, with Kansas City, and with Detroit. And the run production just hasn't been there for the White Sox. And – we thought it was going to be. Um, granted, there were some injuries there. Moncada wasn't healthy when Vaughn was healthy, that type of thing. But we'll get into the White Sox in a moment. We'll start with Minnesota, who leads the division uh, at 20 and 15. They've got a three-game lead on the White Sox at the moment. They are the only team in the division that is north of 500. Uh, listen, Minnesota is getting production on the mound. Joe Ryan has uh, unfortunately gotten above two with the ERA, but it's not too far above two at the moment. What are you seeing from the pitching staff for Minnesota that's so encouraging? On the mound, it's contributions from a couple names that you really wouldn't expect. Joe Ryan, he's been a big prospect for years. I really liked the way that, that he pitches. I think he's going to be a very productive major league arm for his entire career. But guys like Josh Winder, people in the bullpen, like Johan Duran, just guys like that giving contributions that maybe even the Twins didn't really know that they had in them. But these guys are really helping this team. Yeah, so Duran's been great. Um, how about Emilio Pagando? This was yeah. a guy that kind of like tried and failed with San Diego last year, but he's found a home in Minnesota now, which is bizarre. And you know what? Taylor Rogers was the guy. Taylor Rogers is the guy for San Diego. He's the best closer in baseball at the moment, not named Hater. Uh, and I mean, Pagan has filled that role nicely, but it's also kind of closer by committee at moments. And you can see best closer in baseball in Yohan Duran. I'm totally with you. That guy, the splinker is just stupid. <laughs> but offensively, it's Byron Buxton's world when he's on, and we're all living in it. Mike Trout is an OPS at 1,100. Great. Trout's the best player in baseball. But when you look at offensive impact on one baseball team, aside from Trout and Soto, Buxton might be the guy. If Buxton stays healthy, he's definitely the MVP. There's no doubt in my mind. And for eh, a team we'll that- see what Trout does. Yeah, I mean, Trout, obviously, probably the GOAT, but for me, it's Buxton right now. And with contributions, you know, Jorge Polanco and and Carlos Correa, both really good players. Obviously, Correa is a step above Jorge Polanco, but just playing around Byron Buxton, getting guys like this, there's, there's not really a recipe for failure. No, and dude, how about Royce Lewis? I right. think about that kind of guy, right? You come up and you just enter a clubhouse with good vibes. And Buxton's performance, Correa's presence, Polanco's presence as well. All of this creates positive vibes for a guy like Royce Lewis, 
who came up, who obviously figured it out in St. Paul to come up and make an immediate impact. And that's exactly what Royce Lewis has done. Yeah, Jose Miranda, too. He's gotten off to a pretty slow start. Yeah. But just being around some of those guys, maybe seeing the way that Royce is performing, kind of gives him a little bit of a step up going going forward. Because we know how good he can be. We know how good of a hitter he can be. And he's definitely a piece for their future if they don't trade him. 100%. Um, Chicago is back of them. They are 16 and 17 at the moment. They are second in the division, but they are below 500. I've got some serious problems with what's going on offensively here. Uh, so I guess we'll start on the mound. Kopech worked around a really bad second inning against the Yankees on Sunday. That was a matchup that I was really excited to see Michael Kopech and Nestor Cortez in that series finale, because those two were the antithesis of each other, but you only take one of four from New York. And I, that was just a brutal weekend to sit through as a White Sox fan. I can definitely agree. Uh, we get Johnny Cueto tonight for them. We so get maybe, Cueto tonight. Maybe he can uh, he can give him a little bit of a spark on the mound. He's entering his 15th season of Major League Baseball. So veteran presence, obviously. There aren't too many young pitchers on that staff per se, but maybe him just being around, winning before, knowing what it takes can help this team. Yeah, uh, I saw Cueto's last rehab, or not rehab. I saw Cueto's last start with AAA Charlotte, um, and Cueto had an opt-out if he was not called the 26-man roster by May 15. He was called oh. the 26-man roster, um, so he did not opt out, and he is making the start tonight. A lot of veteran minor leaguers have that opt-out. Like May 15, you know, you get you get six weeks in. If yeah. you're not going to make the big club, you can opt out of that minor league deal, and that's kind of like a non-starter if teams don't give you that for a lot of guys. So. Cueto had that wrinkle. Um, the White Sox capitalized because Johnny Cueto, after calling that outing, he's got something left in the tank. A and this guy can pepper the strike zone. He can pepper the bottom half of the strike zone. When he struggled last year, it's because all the pitches looked the same. Yes, four-pitch mix. He only throws his fastball, what, like 25% of the time. However, three of his four main pitches are a fastball, a sinker, and a changeup that all move the same. So it's the same pitch profile. It's the same shape for all these just differing speeds. And then you're only seeing a different shape 20% of the time with the slider. So like Cueto, if he is dialed in command-wise, he can give you five innings of two-run ball, especially against a team like Kansas City, who he sees tonight. But if he's not, it might be brutal and he might be showing his age. Could be. Where was he sitting velocity-wise? 90 to 92. For the most okay. part, he was 90 to 91. He would touch a two every now and again. That's fine. It's fine. I'm here for it. Dallas Keuchel, I think, is like 87. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. I'm cool with it. Offensively, like, how shocked are you that this team just can't hit right now? It's crazy because there's some really good hitters on this team. Obviously, getting Yoan Moncada back is going to really help, maybe give him a step up. But, you know, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Luis Robert, they, they just got a hit. They have to. If this team wants to win, they have to hit. They have to produce. We know what Andrew Vaughn's done so far this year. They get him back off the injured list now. And even like guys like Gavin Sheets and A.J. Pollock, Sheets has shown a little bit. I think his WRC Plus is over 100 right now. I could be wrong. No, you're but, right. Yeah, so him, him and Pollock holding down the corner outfield spots for now. There's some big names in this lineup. They just got to produce. I'm excited for Vaughn to get back into the fold. He was, yeah. he was dealing with a, a hand thing and as soon as Moncada got back healthy, Vaughn got hurt. Um, but I saw a multi-homer game in Charlotte this past week, uh, and he got, you know, he got recalled. He got activated from that major league rehab assignment, and Giolito went on the COVID IL. 
Um, yeah, I mean, yes, Mighty Grandal has a 500 OPS at the moment. Reese yeah. McGuire's got a 322 OPS in 18 games. That's horrible. Reese yeah. McGuire's hitting a buck 40 with a buck 58 slugging. And by the way, he's only walked twice. So I, I just have like some serious problems with what's going on with some of the contributors. But again, no Eloy Jimenez. You haven't had Moncada and, and Vaughn healthy at the same time. So we'll see how that shakes out. Cleveland is fascinating at the moment. Cleveland is 16 and 17, identical record to the White Sox. How do you think they're trending right now? You talking if they're gonna if they're gonna go on a run or if they're gonna start losing games? I, it's just hard for me to get a gauge on them because I'm like, are they performing fine or are they skidding at the moment? Well, they had a few guys go on the COVID IL. Some contributors, I think Josh Naylor was a name. Yep. So depending on how long they're out, that could affect their obviously recent success. Um, but you know, guys. I'm pretty sure Stephen Kwan has the highest contact rate in the league. Yeah. He's a guy who who nobody really saw. You know, Miles Straw, he's shown flashes. But there's some guys in this lineup who can hit. Um, and without Fran Mil Reyes hitting, uh, they're they're kind of pulling their weight right now. So Fran Mills turned it around. In 11 games in May, he's hitting 333, and he's got an OPS okay. over 830. So he is he has turned it around. I know you want to talk about Andres Jimenez for a moment, but before yeah. we do that, because Jimenez has a batting average of 311 in 12 games in May, but the contributors in April, the four stars of the team in the month of April have had a miserable front half of May. I'm just going to walk you through batting average in the month of May. Fair. And I know there's a lot more than batting average. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> Juan in 12 games is hitting 208 in May. Jose Ramirez in 12 games is hitting 200 in May. Owen Miller in 11 games in May is hitting a buck 82 and Miles Straw in 12 games in May is hitting 156. So all those guys have turned down, but Fran Mil Reyes has showed up and your guy Andres Jimenez has showed up. Yeah. And with Jimenez, we know what he can do in the field. We know how quick he is, how good of a glove he has. We're not asking him to hit 30 homers a year. We're asking him to maybe, you know, slash 260, 330, 450, and just just be a contributor for this team that really needs an, a middle infielder right now. They have a lot of guys coming through the system that'll be future pieces. But yeah, Jimenez, he's a very promising guy. He has a lot of high upside. And if he can figure it out with the bat, he turns into a very good major league player. Yeah, he's a lefty bat. And in those 12 games, he's hitting 311, but he's got an 896 OPS. And and power is a teensy aspect of his game. You know, yeah. it's kind of apparent there. And that's not really what you expect from this middle infielder and this slick defender in Andres Jimenez. Pitching side, I'm concerned about Shane Bieber. And I think we were concerned about him in April. And then as soon as the calendar turned to May, the guy in two starts is allowed 15 hits in nine and a third innings. So... Yeah, yeah, just shoulder problems with pitchers, something to stay away from, obviously. Brutal. It's bro brutal, and like, yeah. you don't see shoulder issues that often anymore. The elbow is the thing that gets hurt. Granted, yeah. like, you know, in the in the good old days, you know, everybody had the labrum issue, and once their labrum went out, then they were donezo, um, yeah. and that was an overuse thing. I don't know if Bieber's is an overuse thing, but, like, it's it's concerning in 2022 when it's a shoulder and it's not an elbow. Yeah, and with those velocity drops that he's been having due to the shoulder, I don't know if his stuff plays like it used to. Yeah, because like the breaking ball has to work off of a mid-90s fastball, and now exactly, it's working yeah. off of 89. Yeah. So 
it's kind of brutal. Um, all right. Kansas City. Oh, God, these two teams, man. <laughs> Kansas City's 12 and 20. Detroit's 12 and 23. Kansas City just fired their hitting coach, whose name is Terry Bradshaw. And they it's got not the wrong that one. Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, they got the wrong one. I did they get the wrong one? I don't think <laughs> I don't think the right Terry Bradshaw is good at all on TV. I think he's got to get off. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, no, so they just fired their hitting coach. That tells you exactly where they're at. I they can't hit right now. But the good news is Junior looks like he's starting to get acclimated to Major League Baseball. Yeah, yep. It's it's definitely a good sign. I think his batting average is pushing 220 right now. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he used to be way below that. So if he can just just keep that upward trend going, it's it's gonna it's gonna be good soon. I think Andrew Benintendi is gonna be an impact name when we get to the trade deadline. Yeah, I agree. Where do sure. you think he could fit in? Ooh, um, a lot of a lot of teams need a guy like that. Um, but I, Cleveland, <laughs> no I'm Cleveland. Maybe I'm not sure. I, I think a lot of teams could definitely benefit from his bat though. Yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. Um, you know, like my mind goes to Milwaukee. Yeah. Cause he's not going to, he's not going to cost any crazy prospects. And we know that the pickings are slim in Milwaukee and they've got some guys that I think they deem untouchable. I think Milwaukee would be a great landing spot for Benintendi because he's in the final year of his deal. Hopefully he's earning himself a bag right now, but I think that's going to be a very interesting trade ship. Um, yeah. So I don't have much else on Kansas City. What do you got on him? Hunter Dozier's hitting. That's really it. Uh, 129 WRC plus in 117 plate appearances. So most of his production's coming from power, although he only has three home runs. So that that's a guy for their offense who's been doing better, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, MJ Melendez has only played nine games. He needs to play in more games. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. And when he's been playing, he's been DHing, which doesn't really make sense to me. Why wouldn't you put the best defender behind the plate? I've got no clue. I've got no clue. Whit Merrifield is starting to get hot over the last couple of games. Um, granted, he was so cold that he still has a 213 OBP. And if Whit Merrifield is not getting on base, he doesn't provide you any production whatsoever. Right. And same with Nicky Lopez. Um, he's he's almost cut from my fantasy team. He's just not <laughs> doing anything at all. I understand. Um, hey, how about Scott Barlow, though? Because th that's a bullpen name that I don't think anybody knew um, and not a lot of people currently know. But Scott Barlow, 15 and two thirds, just two earned runs against him. I he He can be another one of those interesting trade pieces. I think we're getting to this point quickly where you look at Kansas City, you look at Detroit. And you think, okay, guys that don't necessarily factor into the future, maybe you can go get some more prospects. Right. And Barlow seems like a raise guy to me. I'm not, I'm not too sure if it's just because not a lot of people know who he is and he's actually pretty solid. Totally seems like a raise guy. Yeah, could be. Why not? Right? You, you know that any contending team needs pitching. So he's a guy who definitely goes for me at the trade deadline. 100%. How about Keller? Does Brad Keller go? Maybe, but not for a lot. I mean, not for a lot. He goes for more than Mitch Keller, though, winning the battle yeah. of the Kellers. Yeah. Yep. I don't think any relation, though. Are they related? No, no. Okay. No. Just two guys with the last name Keller. Uh, let's wrap with Detroit. They're 12 and 23. Uh, baseball reference currently has them as a 1.9% chance to make the postseason. This was a lineup that looked interesting. 
and all of a sudden it's not interesting. Akil Badu is a Toledo mud hen. Uh, I think he's on the way to Indianapolis right now for six with the Indians. So um, yeah, like Badu's down, Torkelson's hitting a buck 53, scope 159, barf. Yeah, yeah. And Miguel Cabrera is doing very well. Yep. Miggy's doing well. That's the only guy. Yeah. And I mean, veteran presence, obviously one of the, probably the best Detroit Tiger in history. Mm. Um, well, Cobb. Cobb's there. Caleb's Cobb's definitely there. Yeah. One of. I was going to say one of. One of He's on I Mount Rushmore for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, this is an interesting team. I, I don't know what direction they would go in. Um, with signing Javi Baez, I don't think that they would full out rebuild. I think they also signed Jonathan Scope to a extension as well. So that's that's a little interesting. Um, maybe they turn it on for a little bit. Some of their guys start to find the barrel. Uh, Spencer Torkelson has to start get go, getting going. Um, yeah. But the weather's warming up. And as you've mentioned many times, you might start hitting now. The warm weather cat. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Torque's going to get going. I'm, I'm not concerned about him because even if it's not weather-related, he's just too talented to struggle like this. Um, Scope does have a player option next year, right around 8 mil. I don't think he's going to opt out of that. He's got a 203 OBP. It's hard to opt out of $8 million. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Scope will be around. I think they're still trending in the right direction. Um, we haven't seen Riley Green play yet, but apparently he's ramping up. He's getting ready to go. So he'll likely... Uh, spend a week in, in Lakeland with the low A affiliate and then maybe get to Toledo. Uh, and then after that, maybe he joins the big club. I think we're going to revisit this team in, in late July, early August and see the flashes that we were expecting to see right away. Yeah. Um, and, and that'll be a full team. You know, if, if Badu gets right, if Riley green gets healthy again, if Torkelson's on a good stretch, if Baez is on a good stretch, I think we'll get that glimpse of the future. I'm also excited to see Fayedo get some more big league starts. I think Alex Fayedo is pretty solid. I think he can be a pretty solid big league arm. It's just been injuries, right? I mean, yeah. for, for him, it's just staying on the mound. And obviously, first-round pick, we know what he did at Florida. Very good pitcher still. Um, and he, he just has good stuff. I saw him face the Pirates. Looked pretty good. Yeah, 100%. Uh, what do you got to plug, Ryan Miller? What do I have to plug, huh? My I have a couple. 2.0? Yeah, Mock Draft 2.0 for sure. Go check that out. Um, I'm going to be hopping back on the Boys of Spring podcast this week to talk about it. And I also have some other draft and college content coming out on JustBaseball.com. Good stuff. Kendall McKee, T. Wright, AL West tomorrow. This has been the AL Central. For Ryan, I'm Jack. We'll talk to you next week.